So before I begin, I want you uh, to imagine the greatest blessing that you can ever receive. Okay, just take a moment. Imagine the greatest blessing. What is the greatest blessing that you, you can ever receive that you think can change your life? Is it money? Is it financial wealth? Is it relationships? Is it a boy or a girl? Is it, you know, you want to get married? You know, is it uh, having a fit body? What is the greatest blessing that you want to receive? Just think about it. One, narrow it down, okay? One blessing. Got it? Did you do it? You imagine the greatest blessing? Yeah? Pakka? Okay. You have to think about whatever tops your list, okay? If you get it, your life is set. Done? That should be the greatest blessing, okay? Now read with me Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Listen to this. What does this say? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Some things, few things, all things. I'm being Ashish Thomas. Some things, few things, all things. Okay? See, think about this. Did God give you Jesus? Pakka, are you sure? If God gave you Jesus, that's the evidence of God's heart for you that He is willing to graciously give you all things with Jesus. See, the thing is, we are looking for blessings outside Jesus when God wants to give you a complete package in Jesus. What is the greatest blessing that you have? It cannot surpass the person of Jesus that God has blessed you. What is the blessing that you're hoping for? Seriously, think about it. What is the blessing? What, what was the blessing that you had in your list? It cannot surpass the blessing of having Jesus. The issue is you don't see your blessing in Jesus. That's the issue. You know, the, what, what is the problem with the church? Not just our church, just church in general. You know, we come on a Sunday, yeah, get boosted up, right? We get so empowered, so inspired. But Monday to Saturday has nothing to do with Sunday. See, Jesus is good. Jesus is amazing. God is good. Man, the Holy Spirit is flowing in me. It's amazing. Sunday is amazing. I feel the presence of God. Man, God is good. Life is good. Everything is good. But Monday to Saturday, you're wondering, how do I pay my bills? How do I improve my relationship? How do I work on my health? Jesus is good. But how do I pay my bills? How do I sort these issues of my life? The answer is, if you don't find the answer in Jesus, Jesus will always remain a spiritual concept. And that is a problem with most of us. We come to church, we get inspired on a Sunday service, right? Having a revelation of God. Wow, man. But Monday to Saturday, if it has nothing to do with the revelation that you received on a Sunday, Jesus is just a concept. 
is just a concept that's why we live from sunday to sunday without having any connection from monday to saturday why because for me to pay the bills i have to go to work for me to work on my relationships i have to sign up for some course and i'm not saying all of these things are bad but what i'm trying to say is if all our blessings if we don't see all our blessings in christ then christ only becomes a spiritual concept that we visit from sunday to sunday it does not become an experiential reality it does not become real see uh, let let me ask you something just imagine from monday to saturday if jesus is with you all the time in the flesh will your life be different if jesus was with you all the time you go to office he's there you're in the washroom he's still there you know you're sleeping he's still there how you talk to your wife he's still there if jesus was with you all the time will your life be different will it be different it will be radically different right that jesus that same jesus is in you then why isn't our life different is that same jesus in us isn't he always with us wherever we go however we deal with people especially when you're driving fast and you know you're looking at the other person and you know being angry isn't that jesus with you inside of you then why isn't our life different because jesus is just a sunday experience not a monday to saturday reality see the greatest blessing we still that we are hoping for is a is materialistic blessing then what god wants to give us i'm not saying god is against blessings okay all these materialistic blessings but god want god has packaged all the blessings that we need everything that we need in the person of jesus and that person is in you this is the gospel the biggest blessing that you can have is jesus and he is a complete package think about this the disciples who were living with jesus for three and a half years did they ever go hungry did they ever had to beg borrow steal for money why not because jesus was their provision man jesus even had a treasurer you understand what i'm saying jesus is so elevated but we have separated ourselves from his person see i'll tell you something jesus does not want your worship as much as he wants a relationship with you he does not want to be your god as much as he wants to be your friend you know we have elevated jesus so much jesus you are that you are this but you know you stay there i'll live my life the way i want to i have to deal this with my you know by myself that is not the gospel christ in you the hope of glory say christ in me the hope of glory christ in me the hope of glory amen so see i i am done okay when i am asking these questions i am not really condemning you i'm actually you know 
speaking for ourselves so that I, we can all be inspired. We can all get into this truth that Jesus does not have to be a Sunday to Sunday reality. He can be a living truth for all of us from Sunday till Saturday. And that is where I want to be. Not just a concept. I want Jesus to be real. So I want to tell you something. John 8.32 says that God who gave us Jesus, will he not give us all things with Jesus? That's your father's heart. That he will give all things with Jesus. Is that what it says? He will give us all things with Jesus. See, the greatest blessing that you and me can have is Jesus. And how it manifests is to be like Jesus. What is the greatest blessing? Is to have Jesus, to enjoy the person of Jesus so that you can be like Jesus. See, the gospel is not just one day I'll die and then I'll go to heaven. Gospel is that Christ in me, right? He will manifest himself so that I can be like Christ. That is the gospel. Are you listening to me? Can you be like Christ? Okay, turn with me to James chapter 1, verse 21 to 25. James chapter 1. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Did you get anything? The main point is, don't be hearers, but be doers. In other, in other words, whatever I was saying, don't be a Sunday Christian, be a, be a daily Christian. Okay? Don't be a Sunday Christian. And how can you be a daily Christian is by being the doer of the word. You want to be a doer of the word? You need to understand first, what does it mean to be a doer of the word? The word over there is not scriptures. What is the meaning of the word? What is the word? What, what is the word? Yes, the word is Christ. So when we say doer of the word, we are saying acting, behaving, thinking like Christ. So we are not saying, oh, you know what? Do what the scripture says. That is not what the word is saying. It, what, is, what is it saying is when you hearing what when you're hearing a revelation of Christ, then you start acting, behaving, thinking like Christ. Doer of the word means do like Christ. That is doer of the word. Did you get it? The greatest blessing that we can have is to be a doer of the word. It's a privilege. You don't see, it's not, a, it's not an obligation. You don't have to do this. You get to do this. You get to be a doer of the word. You get to be a doer. You, you get to be a doer like Christ. Think about that. 
that is what the gospel empowers you okay now i'm going to you know just break this verse this passage down and give you three points okay so that you can remember i'm going to break this passage down the three points i just write it down if you want to write the first one is you want to be a doer of the word the first point is prepare your heart what's the first point prepare your heart the second one is behold behold the word the third one is practice the word what's the first one prepare your heart what's the second one behold the word what's the third one practice the word now if you remember verse 21 it says removing away all filthiness and rampant wickedness what you should do you should receive with meekness receive with what are you receiving with meekness the implanted word where is the implanted word where is christ in you that's why it says the implanted word where is the christ in you where is it can you show it to me where is it it's in your spirit where is where is the word it's in your spirit so the implanted word is in your spirit if the implanted word is already in your spirit then why is james saying receive it with meekness it's in your spirit right the word is in your spirit then why is james saying receive it with meekness why is he saying that when he's saying receive it with meekness receive it in your mind why so that your mind the reality of the mind will be aligned to the reality of the spirit see the issue is the reality of the spirit is seated with christ at in the heavenly places where is your spirit right now seated with christ far above all power or principalities with the father but where is your mind your mind is all distracted right so what james is saying is if you receive the word receive the implanted word receive the reality of the spirit that is in you you're basically aligning your mind to your spirit reality see jesus for example let me ask you this jesus whenever he saw problems did he get afraid oh man the storm is coming so many people coming how will i feed them how will i go from this place to that place did you see jesus ever getting upset ever getting worked out you know why because his mind was also aligned to his spirit reality the issue with us is we get worked up so easily is because our mind is not aligned with our spirit reality where is our spirit your spirit is far above every power every principality your spirit is with jesus nothing can touch that nothing can change that but your mind goes up and down on a sunday when it when it gets aligned you're like hallelujah man this is amazing life is good but from a monday to saturday when your mind is gone you feel man everything is working against me you know this i have to pay that bill i have to do that i have to you know everything feels like it is coming against you that's why paul says in romans 12:2 but be renewed what does he say but be renewed where do you get renewed in your mind so where are you receiving this word you're receiving this word in your mind say with me i am receiving this word in my mind where does this word exist in your spirit so you're receiving with humility 
in your mind so even when i am right now speaking the word to you your actually your spirit is actually confirming within your mind that yes this is the word but if you don't have an attitude of humility if you don't have an attitude of humility you will not receive the word see you you remember birthday parties i love birthday parties you know when i was a child because you would have so many gifts right people would give you so many gifts so when somebody would give you a gift how would you take that gift by opening your hands opening the palm of your hands and you will receive the gifts there's a posture in receiving you can't receive a gift like this so if you sit in the church like this man i know it i know it all you can't receive again it's not about your physical posture it's about your heart that's why the first point is prepare your heart are you humble enough to receive the implanted word are you humble see the thing is james chapter 1 verse 21 to 25 it's a good passage right if i start preaching this same passage for 10 weeks everybody will get tired here is that correct will you get tired and you'll be like man this guy does not know anything else to speak man what is wrong with this guy is that true you will get tired but let me give you another scenario you come on a sunday and i give you 20000 rupees i do that for 10 weeks will you tell me after 10 weeks i'm i'm tired of getting 20000 will you ever say that never the problem is the problem is your conscious mind has got tired because you're not receiving it with humility you have not received it in the first place that's why you got tired because if you had received it with humility you will understand the value of the word getting what i'm saying the people who say when i'm tired of the word they haven't received the word because if you have received the word you will understand the value of the word and you will be hungry more see in in the physical realm in the physical realm the more you eat you know you you eat more so your hunger goes away right but in the spiritual realm the more you eat the hunger increases you eat more your appetite increases your hunger increases when you are you know when you are just about to meditate on god's word when you are about to hear a sermon when you are about to hear somebody check the condition of your heart is it are you receiving it with humility or are you sitting with pride see in james chapter i think is james chapter 4 verse 6 it says god gives grace to the humble but opposes the proud say with me god gives grace to the humble but opposes the proud see humility is attractive if you are humble you will attract whatever things that i don't want to say also you will attract because humility will attract god's favor in your life humility attracts god's strength in your life so the first step is to check your heart what is my posture of receiving is it humility that's the first thing okay the second step is i'll tell you the point one can only receive what has been revealed you can only receive something that you can see so for example i give jaren a gift 
and that gift is wrapped up in a gift paper. Jaren has the gift in his hands. But unless he does not open the gift wrapper and sees the actual gift, he still has not received it. Is that right? You can have the gift in your hands and still not receive it. You have to see it to receive it. See, a lot of times we have, we have, I'm telling you guys, the greatest blessing that you need is already in you. You're always looking for outside, but it is already in you. It is packaged in Jesus. You have to open that package to see that blessing for yourself. Are you listening to me? See, is Jesus your provision? Is Jesus your life? Is Jesus an overflowing love of your life? Then why are you struggling with finances? Why are you struggling with relationships? Why are you struggling with health? Is because you haven't opened that package to see the blessing that is there for you. You have to see that. You have to have the revelation of Christ that will reveal the blessing that is already in you. See, Jesus said in Luke 17, 21, that the kingdom of God is, where is it? Within you. The kingdom of God is within you. It's not something that is going to happen externally. It is something that is going to overflow from inside out. We are looking for blessings outside of us when God has already blessed us in the person of Jesus. You have to open that person of Jesus. You have to know him to get your blessing. See, we have Jesus. We say, oh, you know what? We have Jesus. And you have that package. Yes, you have. I'm not denying that. You have the package of Jesus. Unless you don't open the package, you will not see your blessing. You have to see to receive. I'll show you a verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. And because of him. Because of who? Because of God. And because of God, you are in Christ Jesus. Who became to us wisdom from God. Righteousness and sanctification and redemption. See, this verse does not say that Christ has given me wisdom. Does it say that? Does this verse say Christ has given me righteousness? It says that Christ has become wisdom for you. Christ has become righteousness for you. See, in Genesis chapter 15, when God is you know, speaking to Abraham, he says, hey, Abraham, don't be worried because I am your inheritance. He does not say I will give you inheritance. See, a lot of times we come to God in that you know, consumer mentality. If I do this, God will give me this. If I pray for five hours, God will bless me. God does not want to bless you. God wants to be your blessing. God wants to become your peace. God wants to become your financial provision. God wants to become your healthy relationship. Whatever you are seeking, God wants to become that. So stop looking for external things. Start looking in that package that you already have. What is your greatest blessing that you want to receive? It is in Jesus. You need to see a revelation in Jesus for you to receive that blessing. Are you listening to me? So for example, if you're struggling with finances, you have to have a revelation, not just 
a concept, not just a statement that Christ is my provision. You need to have a revelation that Christ is your provision. See, when you have a revelation that Christ is your provision, it does not matter if the money is there in the bank account or not. You know why? Because you are seeing a greater reality than your physical eyes can see. You can only receive what you see. You don't receive because you have not seen. You want to receive? See in Christ. That blessing is in Christ. Whatever blessing you're hoping for is in Christ. See, that's why Paul, I told you this, Paul who had a lot of money, who had immense power and education, he is willing to say in Philippians 3 verse 8 that for the sake of knowing Christ, in comparison to knowing Christ, I consider everything as garbage. Everything is useless because Jesus, knowing Jesus is surpassing knowledge. Think about that. The issue is, the issue is not that you don't have Christ. You, all of, all of you, all of us have Christ. The issue is that we haven't really opened that. We have the Christ. We have Christ is in our hands. But since we haven't opened the package, we don't know who he is. We don't know what he has. Because of that, we have never experienced the blessing that he is willing to experience. Does that make sense? Okay, what's the first point? Prepare your heart. What's the second point? You have to see what you want to receive. The final point is, once you have received, okay, once you have seen what you want to receive, you have to start enjoying the gift so the last point is practicing the truth that you have received practicing the revelation so whatever you've heard on a sunday you have to figure out for yourself on how to practice that pastor sam cannot come and tell you that joel this is where you need to change your life according to this truth because he might not know this about you are you getting what i'm saying See, your spiritual life is your res responsibility. You cannot outsource your spiritual life to a pastor. Say with me, my spiritual life, my spiritual growth is my responsibility. See, when Paul wrote his epistles, he was not writing to the pastors, telling them, this is what you should teach your believers. He was writing to the believers. So the epistles are not for pastors, the epistles are for believers. Why? Because the spiritual growth responsibility is your responsibility. See, on a Sunday, my job is to teach you the truth, is to reveal the truth. But your job is to apply that truth in your life. How do you apply that in your life? That's your responsibility. I can't tell you that. I can take the horse to the water, but I can't force the horse to drink the water. You have to do it. See, this third step is where most people, I, I think, fail, including, I, because it's, it's a very difficult, it's the toughest step. We can receive with meekness. We can behold the revelation. But practicing the revelation is so hard. That is where James says, don't be hearers, but be doers. If you have received a revelation, practice it. So when you listen to a Sunday sermon or you listen to a sermon, ask yourself, what, how can I respond to this revelation? 
what do you need to ask yourself how can i respond to this see your response to the revelation is not just by saying amen and hallelujah on church your response to your, the revelation is by practicing the revelation from monday to saturday so you need to ask yourself hey what is in my habit in my daily routine that i need to change that i need to incorporate to practice this revelation so i'll give you an example when i had a revelation that christ is my provision the first thing that i changed was inculcate a habit of giving now the thing is it's very easy to give one time so i had to inculcate a habit to inculcate a habit i decided okay you know what i am going to give like this every week you know a certain a certain portion of my income see for me tithing is not i don't do it out of obligation for me i give tithing because i want to inculcate the habit of giving because i believe i truly believe that christ is my provision it is coming out of a revelation not an obligation most people tithe because i don't know maybe god will bless me or not bless me maybe i don't know what the pastor will think see if you do it out of obligation you will never experience the blessing of tithing you want to experience the blessing of tithing give it out of the revelation that christ is your provision not your bank account not the job but christ is your provision okay so you have to inculcate so i asked myself hey if christ is my provision what can i do to respond to the word it was very simple give faithfully and i started giving faithfully i've been doing that for so many years now and i'm saying you can do that with every revelation just don't listen to a revelation and say oh wow good amazing nice no respond to the revelation how do you respond to it by practicing that revelation see how i practice the revelation might be different for you because you're a different person your habits are different your goals are different your you know daily life looks different your family is different your schedule looks different you have to figure that for yourself how can i practice this truth now there might be a possibility that you heard a sermon you loved it it was amazing it was life changing but you don't know how to respond could there be a possibility you don't know how to respond what do you do in a situation like that when you don't know how to respond listen to the word again what do you what should you do why romans 10:17 says faith comes from hearing not just hearing once faith comes from hearing see we think faith is just believing faith is not just believing faith is believing with action believing in action so faith is basically practicing the truth so if you haven't got how to practice if you don't know what what should i do with the word how should i respond to the word what is the discipline that i need to inculcate if you don't know that listen to the word again you still did not get it listen to the word again you still did not get it listen to the word again you do it you do it till you will have the faith to respond to the word remember faith comes with the promise so if you don't have the faith what you should do stick to the promise i don't know how to respond to the word then listen to the word again and again and again now what do you do you started with a habit but you lost it 
Okay. You started, for example, you had this revelation that Christ is your provision and you started giving, but then after a couple of months, you know, you lost the habit. What do you do? Go back to the word. Listen to it again. See, there is a power in listening to the word again and again, because it starts changing you at a very subconscious level. It starts changing your entire being and you start doing the word. You want to, you want to do the word. You cannot do the word unless you hear the word again and again and again. Hear the word again and again and again. Did you get it? What are the three steps? The first one is prepare your heart. What's the second one? Behold the word. What's the third one? Practice the word. If you don't know how to practice the word, behold the word. See. I am telling you guys, if you really want to see a transformation, you have to behold the word more than one. Instead of reading 100 chapters a day, I would recommend that you read one verse 100 times. You have to behold the word. Let the word stick with you. Meditate on the word. Do you remember what God told Joshua? He said, meditate on this day and night. Let it not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. As you and me will meditate on the word day and night, it will become a reality. It will become a reality. Don't start complaining. Oh, you know what? This word is not working. The word will work. The word will work. Meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it. Once you start practicing the truth, you will start experiencing the joy of receiving the gift. Unless you don't practice the truth, you will not receive. See, it's like I gave a football to Jaren. He opened the package, he received it. But unless he stops, he does not play with the football, he does not enjoy having the gift. Unless you don't practice the truth, you will not enjoy what the truth has to give you. Amen. I don't know if I can be more simpler than that. Okay. I just want to emphasize that you have to listen to the same revelation repeatedly. See, the thing is, you know, when we listen to people, you no, know, we say, yeah, I know what he's going to say. I know. Oh, yeah, he took that verse. I know exactly what he's going to say. But you know what? You don't know how he is living that word. You don't know the journey that he had with the word for the word to get implanted in him and to become a reality for him to speak again and again. See, we make fun of Matthew saying that every time, you know, you let Matthew speak, you know, he'll only talk about God's love. But you know why he does that is because that's a reality for him. Okay. So see, we, we all want to have like a miraculous change, man. One day I go to church and, you know, we have like the Holy Spirit coming on me and I fall down and, you know, I start shivering and we want that kind of a change always. But I'm telling you, most amazing change that can happen in your life is a gradual one where the Holy Spirit is changing you when you listen to the word. Because, see, what takes time to build remains there for a long time. You remember when you're building a foundation of the building, they take a lot of time to build it and then they let it settle for a long time because the longer it takes for it to build the longer it remains firm 
So don't look for immediate transformation. Look for gradual work. Stay on the word. Let the word transform you. The word has the power and it will transform you. Amen.